Hello and welcome to the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 128, definitely not production ready. What is definitely not production ready? Well, we'll leave that to your interpretation. I'm your host, Ryan Spilkin, and joining me today are Brenda Burl and Matthew Stubblefield, who, for the record, are quite production ready. Hello, Brenda. Hello, Matthew. Thank you for that clarification. I was beginning to be concerned about myself. Whereas I don't even know what we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you people? I'm supposed to be off today. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not off today. We're on fire. And <laughs> what better to put us off of that fire than raining updates from the cloud? Wow. Wow. Love it. That's right. I challenged my co-hosts to uh, pass around cloud updates with terms from sports, but we're not going to try that. We'll just begin with the Atlassian cloud platform where the deprecation notice that we covered previously has now been shared. So this is coming Again, we've covered it on this podcast, and it was announced on the Bitbucket blog, but beginning March 1st of 2022, Bitbucket users will not be able to use their Atlassian account passwords for API and Git activity. We've covered it. It's in the links. Read all about it. Extra, extra. Moving on to updates in the Jira platform, unfortunately, with a complete lack of any sort of made-up sports transition of any kind. <laughs> Updates to the on-call feature in Jira. Atlassian have enabled this feature for company-managed or team-managed Jira software projects. Your admin can enable or disable it later from the project settings features page. There's a new issue view of links from third-party apps. So links created by third-party apps are now grouped by app name alongside other linked content. For example, if you have a link from Trello, you'll find it under the Trello section. If the link has no app name, it'll be displayed in the web links section. Seems like a sensible organization to me. In roadmaps, you'll be able to show child issues, assign issues to Sprint, and manage dependencies from the roadmap. These are three new and semi-interrelated features on roadmaps. Child issues will now show on the timeline based on their Sprint assignments, not their start and end dates. You can move child issues to a new sprint by moving them on your timeline. You can create dependencies between these child issues using the drag and drop dependencies functionality. That's pretty cool. In team managed projects, multiple workflows have been unlocked for all issue types. In the workflow editor, you can now save a separate workflow for all issue types, meaning that stories, tasks, subtasks, bugs, and epics can each follow a unique path from to do to done. So to try it out, go to the workflow editor in a team managed project. In advanced roadmaps for Jira, new this week, users can now edit the issue description field and issue title from the advanced roadmaps timeline. In the new issue view, fields on the right are now grouped. A quick visual update to help you find the fields faster. Your fields on the right side of the issue view are now in three collapsible groups, pinned fields, details, and more fields. You can broaden your criteria when searching for issues in a project. Atlassian have added issue field filters like summary, due date, updated date, priority resolution, and resolution date so that you can define extensive criteria when searching for issues in a project. You can get more details of your issues in list view as there are now columns for resolution, updated date, and due date. From your project sidebar, select issues to give this a go. And then also new in the issue view estimates for time tracking apps. This now displays a field for the estimated time remaining when you use time tracking apps. To try it out, install your favorite time tracking app, go to an issue and check it out. Hey, what's your favorite time tracking app? The only one I've ever used is Tempo. So it is by default my favorite. <laughs> Mine is either my three-year-old or my infant knocking on the door. <laughs> it's it's, I call the app time is up. 
That's, <laughs> you can't find it in the app store, but even if you could, it'd be crazy expensive. <laughs> Jira service management falls to me. And the first update is for Jira service management premium customers or those who aspire to become premium customers. <laughs> You can now archive and restore your service projects, archiving another Atlassian tools. If you've got a project that is inactive, you're not using it anymore, you can archive the project along with all the related requests, queues, SLAs, and reports. I love archiving. I'm so excited to see Atlassian continue to add this to their products, namely because it improves search. You don't want a bunch of junk in your search results that you're not interested in. If this is all old data, archive it. Fantastic. Our viewers at home missed out on both Ryan and me nodding quite vigorously. Furiously. <laughs> Furiously. <laughs> there is a feature in cloud. If you've been using it for a while, you may not have noticed it. I have not noticed it. Called Your Coach. Uh, Your Coach is uh, an onboarding tool with some quick start links. You can now read help articles in it without leaving Jira Service Management, which is pretty cool. So when you select a quick start link, it'll open the help panel and where the relevant help article will be displayed. And when there are multiple articles associated with the task, the link will take you to the relevant articles on the Atlassian support website, presumably by opening those in a new tab. Jira service management in the cloud now allows outsider comments from email. So you can now allow external emails. They contain the valid issue key. Those can be added as comments to issues. So they just mail into cloud, they've got the issue key to have it. Now, traditionally, the issue key has to be in the subject line. I assume that is still the case here. The release notes or the, the little blog post that they have for these that they publish every week doesn't say. And the documentation that's linked to doesn't say either. So maybe if the issue key is somewhere in the body text, it'll be added as a comment. My guess though, is that it does need to be in the subject line. So, you know, your, your mileage may vary on that. I always liked putting it in the, at the beginning of the subject line. I like to put little square brackets around it. Just, you know, made me happy. Nice and it's the little things, but... You know, you all, you do you, you do you. Beyond archiving, there's now also the ability to trash and restore Jira service management products. You've been able to trash these projects for a long time, just delete them, at which point you have irrevocable data loss. <laughs> <laughs> Atlassian has heard your concerns. They've changed how you can delete them. So there's now safety net, you, you get trash and service projects will remain in the trash for 60 days, after which they're permanently deleted. Last update in Jira service management is to the UI for managing what they now call portal-only customer access. This was previously known as global customer permissions, which seems like a big name change there from global customer permissions to portal-only customer access. These permissions are no longer available on the configuration page under global product settings. Instead, to change these settings, now called portal-only customer access, from the top right, select settings, go to products, and then under Jira service management, select portal only customer access. And there you can set your desired permissions, which, you know, is nicer than just removing the ability to access these at all. We've seen that in the past, the cloud, and then they reappear later in other areas, but it has moved around and been renamed. So if you are a Jira service management cloud admin, that may cause confusion. Aren't you glad you listened today? I know I am. Jira Work Management Cloud has one nice little update for this cycle where you can now easily choose to hide or view done items in the list, calendar, and timeline view. Some updates from Confluence Cloud. You can now transform a page into a blog. There are many reasons why you might start by writing a page and then turn into a blog post when you're ready. Some content needs more time than others, so you have a few options for when you make the switch. You can keep your page as a draft and use the More Actions menu or the three dots to publish as a blog, 
where you can publish as many times as you need and then use that same menu to convert to blog. Both those options will move your page into the blog section of the space where the page was created. Any page or inline comments added to the page will move with the page. If these comments no longer make sense when the content becomes a blog, you can delete or resolve the comments first. You can now undo and redo your changes using the editor toolbar. Undo and redo buttons have been added to the new editor's toolbar to make it easier to manage your changes without having to rely only on keyboard shortcuts. Fear not though, the keyboard shortcuts will still work. You can now fine tune macro results while you set them up. Some of the elements that you add to pages are more robust and need more setup than others. These are of course known as macros. After you insert a macro, the right panel opens, allowing you to adjust the characteristics to fine tune the results without covering the page content while you set up. For template creators, this new way of setting up macros lets you add the macro as a placeholder so that the person using the template can adjust it to their needs. And last but certainly not least for Confluence Cloud, page analytics for premium users. At the top of a page under the title, select the number of people who viewed the page to get more information with the new premium page analytics feature. You can see who viewed a page, when they viewed it, and how often. Over in on-premise world, Jira 8 19.1 was released on the 16th of September. This is a bug fix release with one story. Probably doesn't affect most of our users. Some of the bugs squashed include issues being removed from Sprint, not showing in the burndown chart, rejected request data on DC rate limiting, another where the user picker dropdown takes an excessive amount of time to load when there are thousands of users in Jira, uh, which I could see being a major bummer when lots of people have over a thousand users, webhook, JQL, and such. We will, of course, include links to these bug fixes in the show notes. Jira Service Management had 4.19.1 this cycle, released on 16th of September. A lot of the same bug fixes as Jira Software, because there's a lot of overlap here. One particular service management only bug is when moving an issue from one issue type to another, there was an error thrown if the request participant field was filled in. If there's no request participant field, the move would be successful. Otherwise, you might get this null pointer exception error with the workaround of removing the participants. So if you're getting that error, you know, just remove participants. Uh, they don't they don't need to be there anyways. <laughs> Otherwise, upgrade to 4.19.1 and that'll get it fixed for you. Other than that, pretty much everything else was in Jira software. In Confluence for server and data center, one bug fix for 7.13.1, resolving an issue where dates are not sorted correctly in European time format, that has been resolved. So if that was one that was plaguing you, <laughs> go ahead and update to 7.13.1. I feel like this calls for some kudos to the Confluence on-prem team, because clearly this just means they, they've got that thing tuned. It is, it is near it is perfect at this point. Humming along like a well-oiled mm. machine, and the bugs are few and far between. Do you remember the fantastic converse? Like there was a, a long, lengthy thread in the Adaptivist Slack about date preferences. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, just looking at this really reminds me of that. One of the one of this is a little inside baseball, but that's one of the funniest general threads ever in the history of Adaptivist. I mean, it's certainly one I'm quite passionate about. I don't know. <laughs> 
why you would use that European date standard instead of the ISO standard, but maybe, maybe that's actually a good workaround for all of you listening. If that filtering has been plaguing you just switch to a better date standard. <laughs> There's your solution. <laughs> we'll look forward to feedback from our all non U S <laughs> friends who are listening. Oh, the U S standard's terrible too. I mean, I mean, I would take European standard or ISO over American any day. Oh my goodness. Your month date, hands down the best. Just saying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to continue on with the calendar theme, because that's where we are today, it's a birthday time. It's time for Atlassian Ventures to turn one. If you are not familiar with Atlassian Ventures. It is the fund that invests in companies that are building apps for the Atlassian cloud ecosystem. There are several partners that are participating in this program. The Ventures investees for the fiscal year of 2021 are Hello Clerk, Iku Team, and our friends at Jexo, who recently hosted Adaptivist Head of Product, Yari Worsley, on their podcast. We'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. The reason that we decided to cover this on the podcast was because maybe some of you out of the, out there got a little side hustle going on. You got a little coding, you got a little Mountain Dew and hoodie, and you're uh, writing some code, and maybe you've built an Atlassian app, and you know maybe you want to not work for the man anymore, and you want to start your own business. Atlassian Ventures might be your way to the cloud, baby. So check out the article, read about the program. And if you are a coder looking to launch a little thing on the side, this might be a way to get it off the ground. And if you are looking to make an Atlassian cloud app, it's going to be easier and easier going forward. The Atlassian announced during this period, or rather had a developer blog post out titled Unifying Atlassian Connect and Forge, an update, rather lengthy article going into the sort of the process of building out the Forge ecosystem and uh, Forge adoption and how things are coming along. The key takeaway here, I think there's two. First is that Atlassian has a goal of the end of 2022, and they acknowledge that this is rough, rough timeline, rough estimate, but they want to have what they call state two and hosted storage, which is the Forge auth UI, being able to replace some connect remote iframes with custom UI or UI kit, like being able to do more stuff to improve security and hardening apps and enable progressive migration and getting apps the data they need, et cetera. Having that by the end of 2022. I think a good takeaway if you are looking to develop an app from this is if you're building a new cloud app, build it on Forge, not connect. Even if you are running into challenges and problems, it would be better to submit tickets to Atlassian and try to work through that because long-term Forge is the future. Now for our Jira admins and viewers at home who are not developers, the key takeaway, what we've talked about on Forge multiple times in the past, but that Atlassian continues to communicate commitment to and what the stages in this blog communicate is that your trust in cloud apps should increase because Atlassian will be able to stand behind those apps even more than they do today be able to say how data is being used, be able to monitor how well apps are performing because Forge apps run on Atlassian infrastructure. And Atlassian will own the data and compute for the apps rather than sending it outside. 
They'll also be able to monitor what the apps are doing much more, and their support teams will have greater access to diagnose app issues, which I think that last one is the thing that I find most exciting as an older, you know, old-time Jira admin. Like I don't run a Jira instance anymore, but particularly on-prem, like sometimes you run into conflicts between add-ons and it's hard to diagnose and everything. Like Atlassian support, just having that visibility and being able to help you out, I think that's tremendously valuable for just going to bring that in. So we'll see more and more apps moving towards Forge over the next couple of years. And I think in particular, by the end of 2022, there's going to be a, a lot more movement that direction. So if this type of topic is of interest to you, we'll link to it in the show notes so you can spend the nine minutes reading through it yourself. Otherwise, we got you what you need out of it and you can move on with your happy day. that wraps it up for this episode, episode 128, not quite production ready. Did we manage to be production ready? Listeners, let us know. (laughs) Comments, like and share. Want to reach us? Comments on social at Adaptivist. If nothing else, the edited version will sound production ready. (laughs) (laughs) Will it? So on behalf of Ryan Spilken, Matthew Stubblefield, both of whom I have never met before and have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> I'm Brenda Burl, and this is the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast, part of the Adaptivist Live Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Stakes were made. <laughs>